you're ready for the word, let's get ready to lean in, uh, grab your journals, your notebooks, something to take some notes with. Um, if you're watching online, especially our church online platform, there's a spot where you're seeing the chat box on your screen. You can click a second tab where it says sermon notes and uh, you can follow along the sermon there. Or for those of you that have a mobile device with you, you can go to faithchurchks.org and uh, click on the card there that says sermon notes and you can Actually, type in uh, your own notes, read the scriptures, and then send them to yourself via email uh, so that you have those uh, for your own keeping. Join me in Luke 11, starting in verse 1. That's where we're going today as we are uh, got another message for you in our sermon collection that we're calling the Illustrations of Jesus, where we are exploring the stories and illustrations that Jesus told. Uh, to help us see God, understand God, the kingdom of God, and find our role in them. And today the title of the sermon is Vitamin C. Go ahead and look to somebody and say, Vitamin C. Luke 11, starting in verse 1, this is what uh, Scripture says. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray. He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he goes on to say this, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are already in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though you will not get up and he will not give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus is telling us a story and an illustration to help us understand the kingdom of God. He's tossing these truths alongside to help us grab a hold of a deeper, more richer truth about the kingdom of God and, and how we can interact with God. Now, a little bit of a backstory in first century Judaism, it was very common for your friends to show up late into the night, knocking on the door, seeking a place to stay and rest and food for their journey. It's very common. See, they didn't have uh, uh, transportation like we have today, right? Like they didn't have uh, the, the American Airlines to catch a flight. They couldn't get a, get a one-way ticket from Southwest for under $59. Like they, they couldn't do those things. There, there was no... Israel Airbnb, no donkey Uber service, right? Like they were left to travel mostly by foot. And so what they would do is they would wait later into the day when the heat was on the decline and they would begin to travel and would arrive late into the night at a destination or at a stopping point, knock on the door and say, hey, can we rest here? 
we are hungry, we've been laboring, and hospitality of this nature was normal. This was, they were accustomed to this again and again and again. And this request for, I need three loaves of bread for my friends who have traveled, and I'm out. We've used our bread. See, they didn't have refrigerators and stockpile away goods. They didn't have Walmart grocery pickup where they could stock away extra freezer full of food for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, they, they didn't have that option. It was literally daily they would go to the market to buy what they needed that day. That, that idea of purchasing and getting daily bread from the marketplace, that was normal. So this wasn't some conversation or story Jesus is saying is like, listen, you've got crazy requests and you're obviously annoyed by people and you get it, I get it, but if you keep it up, they'll finally relent and give it to you. This isn't a parable about hospitality. This isn't a parable about generosity. This isn't a, a, about what is good and decent. It's not about how to neighbor. That's not what this parable is all about. This parable, this story, this illustration is all about prayer. Jesus told this parable to his followers to help them understand how to pray. Isn't that what they did at the beginning of this? They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? They didn't say, Jesus, would you teach us to preach amazing sermons? They didn't say, Jesus, would you teach us how to raise the dead? They say, Jesus, would you teach us to prophesy? Would you teach us really good theology? Because we've got to know that we know that we know. And man, we've got to win the arguments and have the ammunition and have the right memes to post on social media later. Jesus, would you, would you give us that? Jesus, would you teach us to, to lead a good business, to be good husbands, would you, to be uh, great parents? Would you teach us to, to how to grow a business? Would you teach us? No, they said, would you teach us to pray? Why? 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 Because instead of trying to go to the outsource or, or, or to the resource, Jesus knew that if they learned how to pray and have communion with the Father, they would know to find the source whenever they were in need of a resource. Jesus knew that if he would teach them how to pray, they would go to the source for their hope, and they wouldn't just need hope that would last a short time. It's this idea that at the root of everything that you need to live a life of faith, it is found in the, in the pattern and the understanding of prayer. It is the bedrock through which we understand it, our life and our faith. Prayer is the most important thing. And they said, Jesus, would you, would you teach us how to pray? Which I think is a great question because that helps us know that everybody starts somewhere don't they? Like, I think a lot of people, they want to learn how to pray, but they feel when they show up to church finally, and they were like, hey, how do you pray? Like, they're going to get looked at like, that's a dumb question. You should already know. Just pray. Just pray more. You should pray more. Oh, you have a problem? Well, you're obviously not praying enough. Pray a little more. And they're, they're like, yeah, but like, how, how do I do that? And we don't often have the courage to say, um, how do I pray again? Like, I'm so thankful that Faith Church is a place where you can come and you can say, um, I hear you talking about prayer, but I, I don't know how to do that. And we're not going to look at you like, well, you should have figured it out by now. How old are you? You mean you didn't go to Sunday school and you didn't learn this and you didn't? No, we all start somewhere. 
In fact, when my kids were young, we started at a, uh, we, we wanted to help them learn how to give thanks to God for all things, and we would start at dinner time, and we had this prayer that we would recite. Well, it was more like we would sing it. We'd all gather, and he'd hold hands no matter who was there. It was just our family. We had friends over. This is how mealtime went at the Hunt household. It, we all grabbed hands, and one of the kids would start, God our Father, God our Father, once again, once again. Thank you for our blessings. Thank you for our blessings. Amen. Amen. Every mealtime we sang this prayer. Why? Because you have to start somewhere. We all have to start at a place. I think that for most of us, when we start learning how to pray, we start reciting a prayer. We recite our prayers. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before, we don't pray that last prayer. We're people of faith, so we skip that last part of that bedtime prayer. Like we, We learn how to pray because we start just by simply reciting a prayer. But then we move to a place where no longer we're just reciting a prayer. We're actually making requests in our prayers. Where we're going to God and we are making requests to God. And God doesn't mind you having requests. He doesn't mind you having things that you need from him. We, we start often by reciting prayers. We move to requests of our prayers. But I think there's another place that we all can grow to and grow in. And that's where we become reliant on prayer. Where we recognize that prayer isn't just some last resort. It is the very life and breath. It is oxygen that we need today. Prayer is our first response, not our last resort. Prayer is one of those things that we pray like it depends on God, but we still work like it depends on us. And that's not a bad thing, but prayer isn't just some add-on, some transitionary thing that we do when we don't know what to say at the end of a worship song in church. It's not just something that we do to close out a time together or to, to do things before meals so that people don't start eating before it's time to start eating. No, prayer is something that we as the people of God want to grow and learn so that it's something that we rely on like oxygen in our lungs. Craving that next breath just like I crave to talk to my heavenly father. Smith Wigglesworth said it like this, I don't ever pray longer than 20 minutes, but I don't ever go 20 minutes without praying. Why? Because there was this understanding of a reliance on God that comes in prayer. Friends, prayer is not complicated, but it does feel unfamiliar at times, doesn't it? Like, like if you're, you've been walking with God and you remember when you first started to pray, how maybe awkward or unfamiliar it felt to you. I think even to this day, sometimes we start to pray and we're not, we're not really sure how it feels unfamiliar. It's not supposed to be complicated, but it often can feel unfamiliar. And, and it's unfamiliar not because we don't believe in it, we don't like it. And I think for many of us, we, we're not at a place where we're really relying on prayer or where prayer is a, a real integrated part of our life. Not because we don't believe in God, not because we don't love God or we're not good Christians or we're not really saved or we don't really know or we don't believe it. No, I, I think that it's, it's probably much more practical than that. I think for many of us, we don't pray because maybe we're intimidated. I mean, it is kind of intimidating to think that you are talking to a God that you can't see who created all of earth with one word. That can feel a little intimidating. I, I get that. I think sometimes we don't pray because we don't feel worthy 
to talk to God. I've messed up too recently. I've screwed it up too much in my life. I, man, just coming to church, I thought for sure I was going to get struck down by lightning the minute I did it. Like, if you knew what happened Saturday night, even though I'm sitting here with a smile on Sunday morning, you would know I'm not worthy to pray to God. And so we, we just don't. We just don't pray. And that becomes our pattern. I think some of us don't pray because we're offended at God. Because we prayed a prayer one time and we really believed it, we really meant it. We thought that if we prayed, everything would work out the way we wanted it to and it never worked out. They died, they still got sick, we still lost the job, we had to file for bankruptcy, it didn't work. And we're left with a little bit of bitterness in our heart because we feel disappointed and so, well that one didn't work, therefore none of them will work, so therefore I won't pray. And I get it, I understand I think another reason sometimes we don't pray is we inadvertently substitute prayer for posting about it, worrying about it, or asking other people to pray. We will ask people to pray, but we will never pray ourselves. We worry about it and think about it and stress about it and talk about the problem with everybody around us, but we never take it to the Lord in prayer. And I think sometimes we confuse ourselves thinking that if we ask for other people to pray for us, then it's the same thing as we ourselves praying, and, and it's not. Friends, I, there's nothing wrong with asking for prayer. I think it's good. At the end of your services, we have a prayer spot and people ready to pray with you. Even online, we have people ready to pray with you right here, right now, whatever it is that you're facing. We believe in the power of prayer. We want to pray with each other. But at the end of the day, that's not a substitute for you actually praying. And I think oftentimes we don't pray because, I mean, to be honest, we really believe that, that prayer is our last resort. It's that Hail Mary effort. It's the thing that we do and all we can do, I guess, is pray now. We've worked hard. We figured it out. We problem solved. We sought. We researched. We've done this. I guess we may as well pray. What do we got to lose now? And so we think of prayer in this last resort mode like it's our our get out of jail free card when we find ourselves in a bind and we don't know what else to do and we feel like we don't need to pray as long as we have strength as long as we've got another idea we've got another opportunity we can roll up our bootstraps and pull them up and get going a little bit more we got a little bit more grit and i need a little bit more determination and if i work a little bit harder why pray when i have my own strength friends i really do believe that prayer changes our circumstance but more than anything prayer always changes you prayer changes us and prayer jesus knew that it changes us more than it changes anything else and if we would have this pattern of prayer and we would recognize that the source of all of our life really is found in prayer then we would go to it more often and that's why he wanted to teach us to pray Prayer is a healthy habit. It's, a, it, it's like taking vitamin C every day. Prayer is your spiritual vitamin C. I, I did some research, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but, but there are many benefits to taking vitamin C on a daily and regular basis. There's a lot of, lot of great benefits. And uh, I did some research this week to, to, to look at some of the benefits of vitamin C on, on the regular. L listen to some of these benefits. Vitamin C can reduce your risk of chronic disease. 
Vitamin C can help you manage high blood pressure. Vitamin C can lower your risk of heart disease. Uh, vitamin C can reduce blood uric acid levels and help prevent gout attacks. Uh, vitamin C can help prevent iron deficiencies. Vitamin C can boost your immunity. And vitamin C protects your memory and thinking as you age. And that got me thinking, if, if prayer is such a vital part of our lives, just like vitamin C is healthy for our physical bodies, I wonder if there's a, a contrasting list to these benefits. And, and I wrote several down. Here, here are some prayer vitamin C benefits, if you will. It, it, it can reduce the risk of chronic sin in your life. Prayer can help manage your anxiety. Prayer lowers a risk of a hard heart. Prayer can reduce your acidic nature and poison that comes in your attitude. Uh, prayer can help prevent deficiency of the Spirit's strength in your life. Prayer can boost your resistance to negativity. And prayer can protect your mind and renew it towards God's ways. Prayer is the vitamin C that you need to live a healthy spiritual life. Lord, teach us. Pray. Teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to find the vitamin C that we need so that we move forward in our lives. So today, I, I want to help us learn how to pray. I want to give you three vitamin Cs of prayer. And yes, they all start with the letter C, because I love you. That's why. They all start with C, right? I work hard to help it make it memorable for you. Three Vitamin C's of prayer. How do we pray? Number one, we pray conversationally. It's a conversation. It's not a performance. It's not about spiritual platitude. It's not the time to exercise your spiritual fortitude to examine how great of an orator you are when it comes to the things of God. It is a conversation. It's you talking to God. Prayer is not a magic potion. Abracadabra, in Jesus' name. Right? Like, it's, it's not what it is. While it may not be a magic potion, I do think there are patterns that we can follow in our prayer. And Jesus was giving us a pattern to follow when, when he said, pray like this, Father in heaven. Hallowed be. It's a pattern of some things to pray. Uh, it's quite likely, want a little inside tip, this fall we're going to do a 21 days of prayer and fasting again as a church, during which time I'm going to teach us through praying the Lord's Prayer and what it means as a pattern that we would pray where we are reliant on God rather than just some words that we would recite to God. And I'm excited about it and praying that that would be a benefit to your life. It's not just what to say. There's a pattern, if you will, to prayer. In fact, one of the patterns that I follow most often while I'm talking conversationally with the Lord in prayer uh, follows this pattern of an acronym called ACTS, A-C-T-S. And over the years, I've kind of adjusted what each one has meant that, that I have found to be most beneficial for me personally. And uh, so I, I want to give you these, these four uh, things that I do, four things that I do in a pattern anytime I pray. Number one is simply this, it's affection. I give God my attention and my affection. I just start by just simply saying, Father, I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm 
quieting my, my soul and my mind right now. Lord, I, I fix my attention on you. You're a good God. You love me and you love us. Thank you for all you've done. Holy is your name, Jesus. I start with affection. Next, C, I make confession. What do you confess? I confess sins and I confess God's word. I make confession. God, God, I come to you and I just confess right now my complete dependence on you. Lord, I confess that this week I've been angry. I've lost my temper more times than I count. God, I confess that I've been negligent. God, I confess that I've been selfish. I've been this. I just confess. What do you need to confess? Bring it to the Lord. Lord, I thank you that your word says that you're the good shepherd and I can hear your voice because I'm one of your sheep. God, I, I thank you that you've given me the mind of Christ. Lord, I'm confessing right now that you are ever-present help when I need it. God, I'm confessing that your word says, and you confess God's word. Confess your sins, confess God's word. T, talk. Talk to God. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you're walking through. Talk to him about what concerns you have. Talk to the Lord. Tell him what's on your mind. Talk to him. Starts with affection. Goes to confession. Then I just talk to God. And then three, it's, or four, it's silence. I shut up and quit talking. And I listen to see what God wants to say to me. You listen. Sit in silence for a little bit. After all, we're trying to pray conversationally. So let's listen to what God has to say to you, to me. Sit and listen. This is just a pattern that I follow when I pray. Why? Because prayer is a conversation. It's the vitamin C that I need for my life, and it's just a simple pattern that I, that I follow. So pray conversationally. Number two, second vitamin C of prayer. How do we pray? We pray confidently. Somebody say confidently. You are praying to your father. Jesus came and gave us a, a picture that we're not talking to a distant deity. We're not just talking to the almighty, although that is true. He wants us to approach prayer talking to our father. So pray with confidence to your father. Come to your father. That's why at the end of this section in Luke, he's, he goes right into talking about how, how much more so you who are earthly fathers would give good gifts to your kids. Why wouldn't your heavenly father respond to you in a loving way? He's your father. Come to him as a father. When you pray, believe, James says. Pray with confidence because you're going to a father who is good, a father who loves you. When I first uh, first few times that I've read this parable about this unkind friend, I, I've got to be honest, I was really thinking that God was the unkind neighbor in this passage. That God was the one that if you'll just keep knocking, if you'll keep going, hey God, hey God, if you'll just be the squeaky wheel, then God will give you the grease that you need. That's how I thought. That's what I thought it meant. And maybe, maybe some of you, you're reading that, we're like, yeah, I mean, we got to be consistent and we keep praying and we do this. Of course, I mean, why wouldn't God? I mean, God's going to help you there. That's not actually what this parable is talking about. This isn't a comparison um, of, of likeness to God. This is a contrast with pagan gods and God the Father. See, pagans believed that 
their gods, they had to get their attention of their God, that their God was always busy, that sometimes their gods would sleep, lowercase g, of course. They, they, they thought that they had to earn their God, uh, they had to get God's attention before he would ever respond. And interact. That's how pagans prayed. That's how they viewed their gods. That's how they viewed what prayer meant and looked like. And Jesus was showing up with the complete contrast, flipping the script and saying, this isn't a God is like, no, this is a how much more parable. How much more is your heavenly father? It's not God is not the unkind neighbor in this parable, friends. He's not. Jesus is teaching us and using this illustration to help contrast how much different God is compared to this unkind neighbor. See, God is way more than a kind, twisting of the arm, relenting neighbor who finally agrees to let you borrow their new riding lawnmower. Finally, like God is way more kind than that. God is way more than an unkind neighbor. God is not annoyed with your prayers and petitions. God never sleeps. God is eager to give. God is never distant, and he's closer than your very next breath. It's not a God is like this. No, God is way more than these things. You see all of these physical examples of what a father might be. God is way more good than your earthly father. He's way more good than somebody on the outside. He's way more good than a kind neighbor who is always there to lend you sugar. He's way more than that. How much more can you trust your God? How much more? How much more? How much more? God always wants to give you what is good for you, not what's going to harm you. James says that's why sometimes we pray and, and we don't get our prayers answered. Because how we're praying and why we're praying and what we're praying is actually going to do more harm than it will be good. And God as a loving father knows that's not a request he's going to relent on. Because that's not really what we need. How many times have we as earthly parents had to make those decisions for our kids? I know they want it. I know they're craving it. I know they, they're looking for it, but man, it's going to hurt them. It's going to harm them. It's going to be dangerous. They don't, they don't know how to handle that just yet. There's, there's wisdom in a father. You can pray confidently because God is a good God. He's not the unkind neighbor. He's a good father. When you pray, you can pray confidently because, friends, you are an ambassador of heaven. King Jesus has deputized you with all the authority and backing of heaven to do business on this earth. Just like an ambassador to another nation carries with it the full representation and weight and force of the government and the, and the country that they represent. So are you, so authorized by the blood of Jesus and the Son and being made righteous through Christ. You are Christ's ambassadors on this earth. So you can pray with confidence that your requests aren't going to get tied up in some legal uh, process. They're not going to get bound by some political clout. No, no, no. You can show up on the scene knowing you need to go there. You can go. Why? The, the authority of heaven is behind every prayer that you pray. So pray with confidence, pray with authority, pray God's word. You are an ambassador of heaven. So pray with some confidence, not as a coward. Well, God, I know I haven't talked to you in, in a couple days, and I know I, I really said some things this last week that I shouldn't have done, and oh, man, God, if, if you're not too busy, God, if, 
hey, if you could maybe see to it that I could find this and help this. God, if you're not, we can walk with confidence. And we can pray confidently. How should you pray? Pray as a conversation. Pray with confidence. And then finally today, pray consistently. Pray consistently. Pray consistently. Delays aren't denials. Just because a prayer that you've been praying hasn't yet been answered doesn't mean it won't get answered. Uh, at, at the beginning of this year, there's a couple in our church who um, really began to pray, um, and they, they needed to move, sell their house where they were living, and, and move to another, another place. And they found a, a, a place that they wanted to buy, had some land to it. It was, it was perfect for their family, and they prayed about it, and really kind of sought the, the, the counsel of the Lord on it, and we were talking and praying together on it, and and they really felt like, man, it's time to put in an offer on this, on this property. And so they did. They got it together. They put a, an offer in, and they were praying, and they were believing, and they were confident, and, and um, the offer came back rejected. God said, nope. It was rejected. They were a little disappointed. They were downhearted. They had to kind of pivot and adjust and make an in-the-meantime decision. So they started renting another place, and um, a little bit uh, during this quarantine season, they, they started to pray and were reading God's word and came to this passage actually in Luke 11, the same parable. And they were reading about how, how much more the father would do this and keep asking and keep seeking and keep knocking. And, and they were like, man, God, we really felt like that's what you told us. And so um, they started to sense this urgency to pursue the house again. So they went and looked, and sure enough, it was still on the market. And they really just started, Lord, is this the right time? Is now the time? Is now the thing? Is now, now when it's supposed to happen, Lord? And, and so they just consistently kept praying on it, and they really felt like that was still the house that God had for them. So they went back in with an offer. I believe it was lower than their first offer. And uh, they just moved into that house just this past weekend. Come on. God is good. Sometimes things get delayed because they're not God's time. And just because it's delayed, it doesn't mean that it's denied. How many times did they circle the walls of Jericho in the Old Testament before they finally got to enter into the land? You got to keep circling. You got to be willing to say, you know what? God, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking. Delays are not denials. I'm still praying for that perfect husband, that perfect wife. I'm still praying. If you already have one, that is the one. That, you're not praying for an additional just thought i'd clarify like like that's 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 it like you're still keep praying how many times have you prayed for the relationship to be restored do not grow weary in your prayers and your petitions god's not tired of them don't give up prayer changes something about us so keep praying how long have you been praying for that dream to be realized that business to get started get going there are things that i'm experiencing in my life that are answers to prayers and prophecies when, when i was eight nine ten years old some 30 years later how long oh lord must we wait the psalm says keep praying until God tells you to quit praying, you keep praying. Until God gives you the answer that, that he wants to give you, keep praying. Keep praying. Pray consistently. Friends, if it's not God's timing, you can't force it. And when it is God's timing, you can't stop it. Pray consistently. What is it you're praying for? 
Luke 11, 9, Jesus continues on, tells the story. Here's how you pray. Here's what a prayer is like. Like this unkind neighbor, that's not God. He's different. He's so much better. Luke 9 says, So, I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door is opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, don't miss this, how much more? How much more does your heavenly father love you? How much more good to you is he wanting to be? How much more can you pray conversationally because you know he's loving the conversation with you? How much more confidence can you pray with knowing that he is good and he's not trying to bait and switch you? No, he's gonna give you what you need when you need it. How much more can you have patience to pray knowing that if the time isn't right now, it doesn't mean it's never gonna be right. You just stay patient. How much more? Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Guys, I, I got to tell you, I love worship. I love the word. I love, I love leadership. I love talking and encouraging with other people. I love hearing practical things that help me live my life well. Just coming to a place where it's like, Lord, I don't learn anything else the rest of my life. You just teach me how to pray. But you teach me how to breathe of your spirit and not of my strength. But you, but you teach me, Father, to trust you. And even what I see doesn't make sense. Somehow, I know you're still good. Friends, the verb tense where he says, ask, you receive, seek, and you find, knock on the door. It's, it's kind of got an I-N-G attached to it. Like, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. There's this, there's this consistency. Why? We have to keep asking for daily bread. Why? Because it's a need that you have daily. We have to, we have to keep seeking forgiveness because we continually miss the mark and need a clean heart towards others and towards God. We have, to, we have to keep knocking on the door of heaven because temptation is relentless in this life. The needs continue to show up. That's why Jesus says you've got to learn to pray conversationally. It's important that you learn how to pray confidently. It's important that you learn to pray Consistently, because what you needed yesterday was for yesterday. What you need today is for today. You're always going to need more of his daily bread. You're always going to need more of his forgiveness. You're always going to need to give that forgiveness. You're always going to have an opportunity to sin, but you can get help when you need it the most. That's why Hebrews 4, 14 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who's ascended in heaven, 
Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. What's that faith? That God is good. He's for us. He's not against us. And through Christ, we can have redemption in God. We're worthy. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize in our weakness, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he didn't sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Friends, here's the practical thing today. How do you pray? You pray conversationally. Pray confidently. Pray consistently. But at the end of the day, just choose to pray. Choose prayer. It's a choice you have to make. I can't make it for you. Before you post, before you complain, before you gossip, before you worry, before you make a decision, pray. When you choose to pray, you're choosing God's strength over your strength. When you choose to pray, you're you're choosing to align your will to God's will. When you choose to pray, you're walking in submission to the King of Kings. Prayer isn't some passive thing. It's an active thing. It's an active choice to give up and to allow God to breathe in. It's a choice to recognize, I need bread and I don't have what I need. I need forgiveness and I can't do that on my own. I need help today because temptations are around. God needs you. Or teach us to pray, teach us to pray. Prayer is a choice you get to make. Maybe the choice that you need to make this week is simply to choose a distraction-free spot so that you can pray. Maybe that's the choice you need to make. Real practical. You need to choose a spot in your home, in your garden, on your property, in your car. Choose a spot free of distraction so you can pray, so you can choose to pray. Maybe the choice you need to make to pray is to have one friend, somebody in your group, a leader, coworker. Maybe it's your spouse. And every day, you pray together, maybe on the phone, maybe over text message. Every day, pray, for, pray with that person. Choose prayer. Choose, choose prayer with somebody else. Maybe that's the thing that you need to help you choose to pray every day. Maybe for you, it's choosing to, to progress past just reciting prayers, past just making requests in your prayers, and really moving to a place where you are reliant on times of prayer every day. You get to choose. Choose to pray. And when you do, pray with shameless audacity and a relentless patience as you talk to your Father in heaven. Corey Ten Boom said it like this Holocaust survivor, a great woman of faith. She says, Any request too small to turn into a prayer is too small to turn into a burden. Are you burdened by something? Pray about it. Are you worried about something? Pray about it. Is there something weighing on you? Pray about it. Is there something that you've been questioning and wondering and needing clarity on? Pray about it. Nothing is too small, too insignificant for you to turn it into prayer. Why? Because if it's a burden you're carrying, 
It's a burden Jesus wants to bear with you. Jesus is your great burden bearer. He's the bridge builder that bridged the gap that separates you from God. You might be watching this or sitting here in the room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You are separated from God and you know it. You can feel it. You've walked away from your faith. Today, Jesus is bridging that gap and he's saying, why don't you come closer today? Why don't you come and meet our heavenly father? If you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're gonna come to the Lord's table in just a minute, but we wanna give an opportunity for you to start a relationship with God to finally be introduced to God who isn't mad, not, not God, the, 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 the army soldier who's, who's always bark, mark, barking orders and frustrated and mad, like some drill sergeant. No, he's not, he's not God who's distant. He's not some cosmic killjoy. No, he is God, your Father. He wants to redeem even that word, Father. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus in this moment it's as simple as saying God I surrender to you I give you my life and I choose to put my faith in Jesus would you forgive me would you heal me would you restore me I want to follow you I don't want religion but I want a relationship with you be the Lord of my life the Savior of my soul Jesus name amen maybe you prayed that prayer with me today would you just throw a hand up or throw it in the chat box let us know Uh, if you're watching church online click the button on your screen right now we just want to pray with you follow up with you help you take your next steps in your faith friends let's come to the Lord's table together I said it a minute ago that Jesus is our burden bearer what is it that you're weighted down by today this is a moment where we pause We remember what Jesus did at the cross. The the bread represents his body and the juice represents his blood. When we partake of communion, we are literally believing that Jesus comes and he lives on the inside of us. And he does. His spirit is within us. And there's nothing that can separate us from his love. It is this this, this belief that gives us a relationship with God. And it is from the context of this relationship where we can say, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our griefs, he bears. All of our burdens, he wants to carry. So we take it to the Lord in prayer. Today, may we be reminded that as the people of God, we have somebody who wants to carry all of our worries, all our anxieties. We can put our faith and our hope in Jesus, our burden bearer. Father, as we prepare our hearts in these moments to receive the bread and the juice, would you help us to choose prayer this week? Help us choose to talk with you like a conversation with confidence and just consistently, Lord. May we choose prayer talking to you, Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's take the bread together. the juice. 
Lord, we pray that today you would draw us closer to you. This week, may we become reliant on our time of prayer. May it be the source that we need to live a life that is honoring to you, full of your strength and not ours, walking submitted into your will. May we choose to pray conversationally, confidently, and consistently this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If you're If you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.